uh, parents after the kids moved out of the house. So okay. <laughs> why don't you uh, go ahead and take a seat and relax. And I am, I am free. I hope that you are free. We, are, we find our freedom in Christ uh, we, when, when we're not um, blown away just by burdens and freed from that. It's an awesome thing. And, you know, we're, we've been talking family, balanced family, balanced people. We've been talking parenthood and... Uh, Last week we had a couple kids in the service. It's interesting what kids get out of stuff. You know, one one uh, one kid said to his mom uh, about halfway through the week. He said, "You know, I think you're a popcorn uh, or a caramel popcorn mom. You just you stick too tight to me. I need a little, you know." <laughs> and another kid said, "I thought this was fabulous. I was listening to Pastor Scott's message last Sunday, and mom." Remember, he told, he told you that I'm supposed to be able to do whatever I want to do. Isn't it interesting what they hear? Isn't it? It's great. Well, it's, uh, yeah, it's, oh, man, <laughs> bad pass. It's football season. You, yeah, it's, it's football season. Any of you into football? Anybody into that? You know, about three of you. Uh, I just want to, con- you know, it's, it's, it's a good weekend. The Wolverines won. The uh, Spartans won. Uh, I'm hoping for good results for the Lions today. Uh, but I tell you, yesterday was a real dilemma. You know, when, when you watch the Spartans play the Buckeyes and you want them both to lose, how do you, how do, you do that? I, no, I, some of you are Spartan fans. I shouldn't, I shouldn't pick on you. But, you know, football is really cool when, when a game is really played well and wide receivers catching the ball and everybody's doing their thing. It's a cool thing. I, how many of you have ever seen an ugly football game, though? Really ugly you know when when uh, fights break out and 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 penalties are just just constant and what i want you to know this morning is the family is like is like football uh when it's good it can be really cool but there can be ugly uh times in family too is can't there be you know fights break out and penalties need to be called and <laughs> unnecessary roughness and it's it's, it's just kind of a it's kind of a horrible thing, you know. It's it's a mess. Well, this morning we're we're looking at discipline, um, and what I want you to know is this is a very controversial issue. Disciplining disciplining kids is a controversial issue, you know. Uh, when I was a kid, corporal punishment was the way, you know. You just <laughs> you messed up, you got a spanking, you knew it was coming, and. <laughs> The good thing about a spanking was it didn't last very long, you know, and then you were on to... But, but nowadays, corporal punishment, man, people don't even want to talk about it anymore. It's just too scary because some folks, yes, did get carried away over the years and probably to the point of abuse, not just corporal punishment. But discipline is controversial, and, and it seems like there are two schools of thought when it comes to discipline, and here's a controversy. One group thinks... That the child should run the home. It's, it's up to the child to run the home. And the other group thinks that the parents should run uh, the home. They ought to be in charge. And those are the school of, of thought, really. And you, you can see that lived out in a thousand ways. Uh, you think about the families you know. Uh, who, who's running the home, you know? Um, a few years ago, a great book came out uh, called Baby Wise. Controversial book. It's about who's running the home, you know, uh, from, from infancy on. Um, you know, um, parent or not, what I want you to know this morning, though, you are a person of influence. You influence somebody. Parenting is about influence 
and, and everybody in here has an influence on somebody. Maybe you're an aunt, uh, maybe, maybe you're an uncle, maybe you've got neighbor kids. Maybe you're an adult and you work with other adults and you have influence on them. We, we affect people. We affect their life. And, and so we can be an inspiration. Uh, we can be a bad example and, and, or a great example. And we set boundaries in our life because we want the influence that we give to be a, a positive thing. And so we live our life with discipline because of that. And, and if we live a godly life, then we teach other people what that looks like. And, and really, that's what we're supposed to be about. Uh, but when I say the word discipline, something comes to mind for you. How many of you feel positive when you hear the word discipline? Uh, about a principle and, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Elementary principle, eh? Yeah, so you feel positive. But I don't know what your deal is, uh, Alex. Just... Sadistic, yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. And, and how many people, the, the word is, feels negative to you when you hear the word discipline? Anybody negative? Yeah, lots of us. You know, uh, when, when I hear the word discipline, I don't think about getting a spanking. I think about, you know, uh, avoiding eating an entire bag of York peppermint patties or something like that. That's, that's discipline, you know. But, I, but, but, you know, we think about, or, or I'm disciplined enough to, to run to go running or whatever you know I've been a parent for some 25 years um, and those who know me know that I have a 25 year old son a 23 year old son a 21 year old uh, daughter and and I got to tell you I'm still confused okay <laughs> when, when it comes to, to to parenting it's it's a challenging thing it's it's, it's I think as much art as it is, as it is science, you know. Uh, but I think in the middle of it, there are some principles that can be lived out. And, and uh, But what I want you to know is I'm a fellow struggler with you. You know, if you've been a parent very long, at one point or another, you scratch your heads and say, what? What are you doing? How many of you ever said, what? That you just, you just totally caught off guard or by surprise. It's just... You know, so so we're we're all learners. But what I want you to know is, God wants you to win. When it comes to kids, and I don't care if you're 50 years old and have a 30 year old kid, God wants you to win. <laughs> and He wants you to have 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 a great your family to be a great team. God wants uh, the best for you. Um, <laughs> he wants the best. You know, football season is just a short a, a short season, and uh, it's interesting. You go to a football game. I've been in a couple of stadiums. I, I uh, was at a Spartan Stadium in East Lansing. That's a pretty place. Uh, been there a few times. I didn't go there necessarily to watch football. I went there to sell ice cream for the band boosters. Okay, that's what I went. And and, and uh, Michigan Stadium. But, you know, both of them were beautiful places. Both of them had just lines that were pretty, you know, and the grass. Amazing. Amazing. My wife and I were at Tiger Stadium about a week and a half ago, and it was a game they won, thankfully. And... <laughs> We noticed out in the field, though, the grass. There were patches of dark grass. I mean, big patches. And then the rest was all kind of the same color. And I, we were trying to figure out what that was. And, and but, but it was beautiful. And I thought, man, this, this is fantastic. And, and the patches of grass, we later heard that Eminem had a concert at Tiger Stadium. And, like, 
did a lot of damage to the grass, so it was new grass. Isn't that something? But, you know, we never think about the, the, the grounds crew. You know, we, we just, it, it's just perfect. You know, as a parent, you're part of the grounds crew. Did you know that? That's, that's one of your first jobs. You might want to grab your notes and write that down. Be, behind every football field is a great grounds crew. Behind every family is a great grounds crew. And I'm really not talking about just cleaning up the grounds at home, though as a parent you feel like you're cleaning up the grounds all the time, you know, all the time. That doesn't change when your kids are like adults either, uh, you know. Uh, but one of our major responsibilities is to be part of the grounds crew. You know, we, uh, we, we line off the field. <laughs> this is, uh, you know, you, you cross this line here and you got to touch down. You're on, you're on this side line. You're not there yet. You know, uh, you go outside of uh, this line here. Not only might you break your leg, but you are also out of bounds. Here's a line over there. We, we are, we're the grounds crew. We're, we're drawing the lines. We're saying... <laughs> We're saying live inside this, and you're in the lines. Live outside it. You're 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 out of bounds. Uh, and and kids, uh, they don't know where the lines are actually in life unless parents teach them. And you can tell what kids have been taught lines and what have not. But what I've noticed as a parent is it is not a one-time lesson. Uh, have you noticed that? You seem to have to repeat the lines again and again. You know, if kids know where the lines are, they're, they're going to live a great life. If they don't, they will live messed, uh, a messed up life. You know, it's just as simple as that. And one of the jobs of the grounds crew, if you didn't already fill it in, is to line uh, off the playing field. Um, you know, when I, when I was a kid, we played football in the yard. And one of the biggest debates was always the same question. And, and the question was, we would say between this tree and this tree, get past that point, you got a touchdown. But there were no lines. And so, you know, we, we'd get down to that, that place and the team with the ball would say touchdown and the team without the ball say, you didn't cross the line, you know. And because and, you needed to get a, a line for a touchdown. And one, one day I was kind of tired of it, so I, uh, I thought, I'm going to fix this. My, my mother wasn't around, so... Uh, I, I kind of had free reign of the kitchen, and I went in, and I got a bag of flour, you know, white flour, and I just started making lines. It, w- it was fantastic. Uh, prob- and I thought, this is going to be great. But the problem was, uh, that night it rained, <laughs> and the lines all disappeared. And, you know, sometimes parents are like that, too. They, they line the field off with flour, and, and the rains of exhaustion or fear or insecurity, uh, e- emotion come along, and, and, and pretty soon the lines disappear, and yesterday's uh, touchdown becomes <laughs> today's out of bounds, and kids don't know what to do. Kids love lines. They, they are begging for lines. And have you noticed kids like to test the lines? Have you ever noticed that? Uh, my, my grandchild has been uh, with us for the weekend, and I was kind of observing her. You know, uh, Dad says, don't go out in the garage, don't go past this door, and immediately she's, you know. Isn't it interesting how kids are always pushing on the lines? They want to they feel the lines, feel if they mean anything or not. So they're, 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 they're pushing the lines. They're, they're wanting to know, does this, does this mean a thing? Uh, <laughs> 
When am I out of bounds? Um, you know, and, and it's the job of the parent to say, and, and kids want to hear this as soon as you cross the line, hey, you've crossed the line. You don't go over that spot. And when a parent says, hey, you've crossed the lines, <laughs> then the child learns what the parent says the parent means, both in terms of discipline and in terms of every part of life. I love you. Oh, you must mean it. When you say something, you mean it, you know. You, you draw a line, you mean it. As God's agent, uh, you, you are the parent. And, and when you draw a line, and, and then you see your child cross the line, you say something about the line, what you are doing for your child is what God did for you. Uh, it's what God did for you. See, this is a book of lines. Did you know that? It really is. You know, across this line, wages of sin is the wages of crossing the line is is death. Across this line, you'll suffer. It's 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 a book of lines, and life is like a football field. And God says, "I got a great game plan for you, but you got to stay within the lines." And what God has done for us, we are invited to do for our kids. See, kids get their idea of God, who is God. You know, their concept of God. God from parents. Um, you know, who is God? How does God act? Um, you know, uh, who is God? And, and when parents draw the lines, they need, they need to mean it. Proverbs twenty nine fifteen says, uh, a child who gets his own way brings shame um, to his mother. And I would add shame to his or her father, too, for that matter. Isn't that right? Uh, lines, you know. You know, as a parent, you can draw the line and you can change the line, but, but, but don't do that. Or, or you can even have the kids draw the lines. Have you ever been in, in a place where it was pretty obvious the kids were drawing the lines, you know? When they do, it's chaos. They, they just, they want their own way. They do whatever gives them pleasure at the moment. <laughs> just like we would be if there were no lines. Uh, sometimes I think as parents, we ask too many questions, you know? <laughs> You say to your three-year-old, what do you want for breakfast? You know, and they say, chocolate, you know. <laughs> or, or, do you want to go home yet? They're on the playground playing. We ask too many questions. Why do we ask the question, you know? I, I want to say to parents, uh, be the parent. <laughs> You're the veteran. The child's the rookie. Be the parent. Just say uh, when it's time to leave the playground, kid, we're going home, you know. Here's what breakfast is. We ask too many questions. They're not yet equipped to answer the questions. Be the parent. And, and the reason they're not equipped is, according to Proverbs twenty-two fifteen, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. Why, why don't you repeat that with me, parents? You'll love this verse. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you go to a secular bookstore, you, you can see shelf after shelf after shelf of books on parenting. Um, and one of the main questions in those books is simply, are kids good? That's the question. Are they born good and they kind of get messed up because the world pollutes them? They got a clean slate and everything's just so. And then, and then they meet us and they fall apart. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, what is it? I got to tell you, 
As a parent, I have examined the evidence. How many of you have examined the evidence? And I can tell you there is a bent in every child to go the wrong way. And there's a bent in... That's right. That's why we need you at the elementary school. Right, Mark? Yes. There's a bent to go the wrong way, left to our own accord. There's a capacity for greatness in every child, but there's also a bent, this thing called the sin nature. You know... um, I don't think you can always see it, but I can just imagine when my oldest was like five years old, him looking around the house, you know, scouting me out and scouting Carrie out and sitting there at his at, at the table at dinner and checking out his little brother and his little sister and saying to himself, I'm going to own this joint someday. You watch. It's going to be a hostile takeover. I can just imagine that. Can you imagine that, Emily? Yeah, he does it every time he's home, doesn't he? <laughs> you know, he's, he's the kid that says, I should get a double, double share of the estate since I'm the oldest. You know, I should get a double bit of the inheritance, you know. Uh, I, sin nature. Uh, and kids beg for rules. You might not think they do, but uh, they, they beg for rules. And, and they spend a lot of time feeling lines trying to figure out if, if there really are rules or not. And we need discipline. It says in Hebrews 12, it says, And have you forgotten uh, the word of encouragement that addresses you as sons? Encouragement. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. Do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord... To catch that, disciplines those he loves. Kids need discipline. It's not something we do to our kids. It's something we do for our kids. We do it for them because we, we love them. It is as simple as that. And so we draw lines. <laughs> Years ago, one of my favorite speakers was a guy named uh, Duffy Robbins. I think he still speaks uh, uh, for youth events sometimes. He's from uh, Philadelphia now. He wasn't when I, when I knew him, but... Um, <laughs> He tells the story of when he was a kid. He, he lived near an amusement park, and they would go to the park like 10 times a summer. And what they loved to do is the roller coasters, especially the wooden coasters. Any wooden coaster fans here? And they, they would love it. You know, you're, you're laying on your back, and you're going up the hill just thinking, ooh, the great fall is about, it's, it's coming, you know. And, and he said, the only problem we thought when we were kids with a roller coaster was that stupid bar that held us in. Did you ever think that if the bar wasn't in the way, man, I could really have a good time? Well, one day, Duffy tells, he's, he's on the roller coaster and they're on the way up and they're thinking about the stupid bar and they're trying to push it for all their might and <laughs> they start to go down and just about the time they start to go down, they're pushing on the bar and one day the bar gave. <laughs> And, and he screamed like a girl, of course. But he said afterwards, he said after he went home and changed his clothes. After he went home and changed his clothes, he had a realization. The bar was not there to hold him back. It was there to hold him up. And that's what the lines are for us, too. And, and for our kids. They're there to hold us up. It's something we do for our kids. It takes effort and energy. Every, every, as a parent, just like, I'm just too tired to deal with this right now. I don't, you know. 
Whenever you discipline your kids, what you're saying to your kids is, I love you. Uh, <laughs> you, you, are, you are doing what God has done for you. Drawn lines for you. It's out of love. It's work. <laughs> they may thank you someday. Uh, incidentally, uh, I'm still waiting for my kids to thank me for the times I disciplined them. I haven't experienced that yet, but... They <laughs> My daughter's sitting in the front row. It's going to be a long time, baby. You know, they may thank you someday or they may not, but you're doing it because you love them. Um, you know, sometimes kids just almost almost beg for parents to draw a line, but you got to stick to your guns. You're the ground crew. You, you know, you, you draw the lines. And I also think it's important that we live between the lines, don't you? We, as the crew. We got to live what we're teaching. We got to live what we're teaching. The lines apply to us. I draw lines in my life. Uh, I draw lines, and, and and the kids see me living the lines. You know, one of the lines I have drawn in, in my life as a pastor is, I will never be in a building. With, with a woman in the building and just the two of us. I will never be in a building that way. I'll never be in a car that way. I won't meet at a restaurant that way. Why, why is that the case? <laughs> I don't even think I need to tell you why that's the case. That's one of the lines I have drawn. We have got to draw the lines. We've got to live between the lines. And you have lines for your life, you know. One of the lines I have is I will pay my bills on time. <laughs> that's a line. And there were times I couldn't fulfill that, but I, you know, one of the lines I have is my word means something. If I say something, unless I'm messing with somebody, which on occasion I do, but if I say something, I probably mean it, you know. My words mean something. We need integrity. Uh, Titus 2, uh, 7 and 8 says, In everything, uh, set them an example. Show an example by doing what uh, what is good. <laughs> Show an example. Someone is watching. In your teaching, show, and circle this word if you got your bulletin out, integrity. Seriousness and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned. Show integrity. It's, it's important. The goal of discipline is to mold and to shape our children according to their unique talents and abilities if you want to know the definition, according to their unique talents and abilities in order to maximize their God-given potential. You know, we want to help them maximize their God-given potential. So you're the grounds crew, but you're something else too. Um, Well, you're probably a lot of other things. But you're also the referee. (laughs) Ever feel like a referee? You know, you, you, you're calling penalties all the time, aren't you? You know, I saw that, finish your dinner. Or, you know, uh, unnecessary roughness. Uh, pick up your plate. You're the referee. Uh, go to bed. One kid looks at another kid and you're like, 15-yard penalty. I can't get my 15-yard penalty. You looked at them. Do you ever have that, your kids? He looked at me, Mom. He looked at me. Yes, we should put him in his room for that, shouldn't we? 
<sighs> you know. <laughs> but what if you're at a football game and, and your favorite player maybe is a wide receiver and, and, and they reach out to catch the ball and, and somebody comes, the ball isn't there, they just run them over. And the ref blows the whistle, you know, throws the flag, and pretty soon the ref comes along and puts the flag in his pocket, talks to the other guy. And What if you're at a football game and the ref just talks to the other guy and the guy says, uh, didn't mean to, and the ref says, okay, we'll let it go this time, but if you do it again, we're going to give you a timeout, you know. Well, but for now... That, that wouldn't seem very right, would it? You know, and yet we do that with our kids. You know, we, we draw the line. Next time you'll get a time out, you know, and, and the kid thinks, hmm, next time. And then he does it again, and it's next time, and he, it's next time, and, and the kid's counting in their mind. I know after the seventh time they really mean it, so I can go this many times because that's the line. Nobody said that's the line, but that really is the line. You know, uh, <laughs> You know, when, when, when they misbehave, they need, they need to experience the consequences every time. As a good ref, you've got to call a consistent game. You do. We've got to be consistent because God is consistent. God is consistent. When I couldn't pay for my own sins, God sent his son to pay for my sins. And on his back, Jesus took the penalty I could not take for myself. He died to pay the bill. That's consistent. There is a bill. It has to be paid. We've got to be consistent when a line is crossed. We've got to flag the consequences. You know, I, I should have brought a whistle and a flag for everybody here. Wouldn't that have been great? Huh? Yeah. Some of you have whistles at home. You can get your own whistle out. You know, but we've got to be consistent because, because it matters. And why does it matter? Because consistency leads to reliability. When, when we're consistent, our, our kid, our child, also begins to think, well, if they do what they say, they're also reliable. When we're consistent, we're reliable. Uh, they can depend on us. And, and because uh, they can depend on us... And, Pretty soon they develop a great self-esteem. <laughs> and, and how does this fit? When we're consistent, we are reliable. If they see us as reliable, they see uh, that our love is consistent and reliable. They develop a great self-esteem. We are worth the effort. <laughs> we're worth the effort. Inconsistency leads to unreliability. Unreliability leads to insecurity. Life does not feel safe. If, if I don't know where the lines are, life doesn't feel safe. And it doesn't feel safe for them either. Life feels good when the lines are clear. Uh, you show me an insecure person and I'll show you somebody who was parented by the, some folks that drew lines just precariously every which way. Uh, you know, the rules change in the middle of the game. That sometimes happens at our house. Rules change in the middle of a card game. Has that ever happened to your house? You know, where people come over and their company and we just forget to tell them the house rules until it benefits us. You know what I'm talking about? No, rules change. You know, 
Look what it says in Proverbs 22. This is interesting. Do not move an ancient boundary stone set up by your forefathers. Don't move the line. Don't move the line. A good ref is, is uh, consistent. Second, a good ref also starts early. You know, when they're like this tall? That's when discipline starts. Do you know the first matter of discipline every child receives is bedtime? That's the first thing they really learn. When mom or dad lays me down, they really mean it's bedtime. And when they do it the same time each night, it feels safe because I know the rules. That's how it's supposed to be. That's the first thing. So start early. Uh, You draw lines. You blow whistles. You toss flags, you know, and, and you bless your children. Second thing is we should assess penalties in private. You know, it should be in private. If, you, if you're in a football game and number 79 is holding and there's 110,000 people in the stadium and the ref blows the whistle, he says, uh, holding number 79 offense, 15-yard penalty. And can you see 79? They're like, oh, want to crawl under a rock. 100,000 people just saw. I held so I, I don't do that to your kids. You know, when your kid acts up at home, you, you, can, you can take him to their room and tell them what's going on. But isn't it interesting when a kid acts up in a restaurant? What do you do then, you know? Have you ever seen a kid act up in a restaurant? Anybody ever seen that? Like, not since yesterday, probably? When they, when they act up in a restaurant, what do you do? You take them into the bathroom. You let them know the score. You assure them of what the line is. And you scare the living daylights out of them. That's what you do. (laughs) I don't know about the last part. But here's the thing. Don't put somebody else in a spot where they need to discipline your child. Have you been in a spot, it's just so awkward, the kid is being such a monster and the parents are standing right there and you're thinking, but it's your kid, am I supposed to? Ever discipline someone else's child in front of a parent? Feels weird, doesn't it? You think, <laughs> We had a family over to our house for dinner one night years ago, and they had a old eight or nine-year-old kid, or maybe, maybe even seven, and, and uh, they had a, a, a baby, and the seven-year-old boy, he just went ballistic at one point. I think it was time to stop playing video games or whatever it was, and, and he, starts, he starts kicking his dad in the shins as he's screaming at him. And I'm like, (laughs) what do I do? I probably did the wrong thing. I don't know. I went up to him, picked him up, carried him into the living room, sat him down with some passion, and explained to him that he would not abuse his parents in my house. As simple as that. I think that, you like that. I think the parents were like, what just happened? I, you know. But don't put someone else in the spot they need to discipline your kid. It's not fun. Uh, it says in Colossians, children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. And you know, if parents have consistent rules, they just might. You can quote that scripture to your kids if you want to. It's, it's, it's okay. You have my, you have my permission. Uh, but then it adds, fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. I really think we embitter our children when we embarrass them in front of other people when they really needed to kind of be straightened out in the quiet. Sometimes embarrassment itself is a discipline. Don't get me wrong. Uh, 
We, we embitter our children when we're hot-tempered and we just lose it and we become discouraged. I remember being discouraged as a child so many times. My dad had such a tough temper and I know I've discouraged my own children. Anybody been, was discouraged as a kid here? Anybody? You, you know what that's talking about, you know. Uh, next thing, they need to tilt toward a tight game, you know. You start loosey-goosey, and then you, you change the rules as time goes on, and you make the rules tough, and, and, and your children will resent you, you know. You tell your 19-year-old now it's, it's bedtime at 8.30 at night. He will not like that if he's never had a bedtime before. You know, but start tight. You can loosen up later. I remember with my own kids, each of them at a certain stage, maybe as, as a senior in high school or, or they're going to graduate from high school in a week or whatever, them saying to me, Dad, can I, can, can I go out with my friends tomorrow night and be out till like midnight? And, and I remember looking at them saying, you're an adult. What's... <laughs> There's always time to loosen up. Start tight. You know, you're not just the grounds crew, you're not just the ref, you are the coach. You are the coach. Here's how to live life, kid. <laughs> we go to church, kid. Why do we go to church? Because we're Christians. We do church. Christians do church. We go to church. But I don't want to go to church. You know how many 13-year-olds haven't said they don't want to go to church? There's like one of them. I, You know... <laughs> You coach them. We need God. We need to focus. Okay. The pastor's boring. Okay. <laughs> Tell you what, kid. Just sit there and read the Bible the whole time. That'll be all right. Just see, we go, we, we go to church. <laughs> and one thing we need to do as a coach is we need to maintain a balanced staff. You know, a balanced staff is... Both parents working together. And this is so very hard when it's a blended family, is it not? It is so very hard. <laughs> whenever, whenever I was disciplining my own kids and my wife would, had, had thought I was out of line, did you ever think your spouse was out of line? <laughs> She'd never question me in front of the kids. She might grab me by the ear and pull me into the bedroom and, and you know, Tell me I'd cross the line. Balance. You got to work together. Kids do their best at pulling us apart. Have you noticed that? You know, like, like, Mom, can I have some cookies? No. Okay, I'm going to ask Dad. Dad, can I have some cookies? Well, sure you can, honey. You know, you kids ever do that? <laughs> Conquer, divide. You know, uh, we we got to be balanced. No discipline, uh, according to Hebrews 12, seems pleasant at the time, <laughs> even for the one giving it out, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained in it. You know, it's painful. It's painful. How many of you as a parent find joy in disciplining your kids? Anybody? Anybody? Nobody. We don't. You know, I, I can remember my mother saying as she'd spank my little bottom when I was a little kid, this is hurting me more than it is you. And I'd think, sure it is. I'd like to show you a thing or two. Oh, yeah? You know? You know? Why do we do it? Why do we do it? I want you to hear these words from, from uh, 
Psalm 119. I think they explain why we do it. It says this, it says, Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who keep His statutes and seek Him with all their heart. They do nothing wrong. They walk in His ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame. When I consider all your commands, I will praise you with an upright heart as I lean, uh, learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Uh, do not utterly forsake me. How can a young man keep his ways pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, O God. I have hidden your word. You know, my dream for my kids is that those words would be part of their life. That the word would be hidden in them. That's my dream for your kids, too. And I'm sure yours as well. We're going to take up our offering in just just a minute. But first, I want to take a minute and pray for you, okay? okay? Father, we have moms and dads here. They love you. They want to share that love with their kids. They love their kids and, and they don't want to hurt their kids for, for nothing. They don't want to hurt them because they love them. And, and God, I just ask that you would, you would give wisdom to each mom and to each dad to each aunt, to each uncle, each grandparent, each neighbor of a kid, that you would give wisdom to them, Lord. How to live out the truth you want them to live out and the ways you want them to live out. Father, so many parents are just tired. Just tired, God. They just don't want to blow another whistle or throw another flag. I just ask that you'd energize them. And Lord, I thank you that you drew lines for me so I'd know how to live my life. And I ask that you'd help me to do that for the kids in my life. And I ask that you'd help each person here to do that for the kids in their life. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. If our ushers will come, we'll we'll take our offering. Please drop your connection card in there and we're going to sing us a closing song.